Hey, welcome back to the Infamous Podcast. This is episode 294, Comics, Clones, and Superman. Oh my. I didn't put the oh my because <laughs> I've had like, I think there's five episodes that have oh my at the end where I've done something like this. Oh, so, so, so it would be a little bit too derivative. I, you know, we're coming up on the six-year anniversary so of the show. So I'm thinking that at some point I'm going to reuse a title just unintentionally. Um because we were still talking about Star Wars and DC and Marvel and, you know, TV and, and all that stuff. <clears throat> so who knows? Who even knows? <laughs> um, I don't know. I still think maybe after 300, we go 300 and then we do a, a, a new episode one. Kind of like comics do. <laughs> yeah. Do a reset. What comics are doing right now. Absolutely. Um, all right. So uh, I'm Brian. I'm Daryl. And we are uh, we're recording in person this week which we haven't done in quite a while and we're using some new technology so if this episode doesn't sound great that's on me uh, <laughs> a poor workman or poor craftsman brain um, blames his tools always blames his so, tools yeah so anyway uh I'm, I'm excited we're we're using the zoom pod track p4 this week and i know this is a little inside baseball but you know it is what it is um all right so this week uh comics we've got berserker number three nightwing number 81 um then we're talking loki we're talking bad batch and then closing out with soups and lolo so good that's a good lineup i I gotta say like you know we've been kind of down we were down on episode one of loki loki me way more than you Mm -hmm. um we've been a little down on bad batch you know not like to the point where it's like, oh, this show's awful because it's not. No. Um, and we've been super high on, no pun intended, Superman and, and Lois. But this week, all five things we're talking about, like to quote Tom ha- Haverford, are are bangers. You know, yeah, they're pretty good. And like you're saying, to have everything that we talk about be that way, right? What is this? I mean, this it, was, it was a great. Uh, week. This was such an awesome week. Yes. It's a. Uh, I, I watched Loki twice, I watched Soups and Lolo twice, and I read Berserker and, and Nightwing a couple times each. So I was it was because it was so it was so awesome to go back to. Um not to say everything was great. Like I definitely have a bunch of issues with a bunch of stuff, but I mean that's we're, yeah. we're critics. That's what we do, right? Uh we, we criticize. But it's all constructive. Like um but yeah. And then like movies are starting to come back. You know, so like I was thinking about that. It's like it takes what is it, twenty one days, three weeks to build a habit, right? Mm-hmm. Like I have to get into the habit of like looking at movies, movie show times again, because it's yeah. something that I haven't done in a year. Um, and so once that happens, you know, I I think once I get that in back in my head, I'm gonna be like, yes, I'm going to the movies Sunday. But like, there's no early showings right now. Right, yeah. Like I know everything's some, at like one, two o'clock. Yeah, it's like, I was gonna say because some of them are probably for financial reasons they're not yeah. opening until, well, or they whatever. don't have enough people to work. That's yeah. the other thing. Yeah, that's which is that's been happening to a couple places that I've seen. Yeah, I wonder if they'd let like a thirteen-year-old work because I could send Haley to <laughs> to work at the movie theater so I could get free free movie passes. <laughs> anyway, all right. So this week we're we're kicking off with Berserker number one. Okay, so this week we're kicking off with Berserker number one, uh, number three. Sorry, 
Um, and, you know, again, Keanu Reeves, Matt Kite, Ron Garney, Bill Crabtree, writers, art, um, colors. And uh, this week actually had um, – oh, wait, no. Yeah, pencils were Ron Garney, and then colors were Bill Crabtree. But so this one is interesting. The shocking history of B is revealed as Diana digs deeper into his memories. Meanwhile, the mysterious Cald- Caldwell makes his next move to take advantage of this information uh, and put his master plan into motion. Uh, we got to see – so la- last month with Berserker, we got to see B being born. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was really interesting. And this time we kind of get to see the aftermath of of what he's responsible for in their their region of the planet, um, and we we get to the point where we learn why he doesn't talk, which is really cool. Yeah, and very uh, you know I think it was like the tail end of last episode or last issue where they were kept building him up, like saying, "Am I ready yet? Am yeah. I ready yet?" Right. And now he, he was finally ready. And then you see not just one attack on one tribe, but you see his father basically using him as, and I, I think the term is inut or something along yeah. those like weapon or tool. Right. And it, it, I thought it was just very interesting because it started off as, you know, pray to the gods to give mm-hmm. us this to help prevent us from being wiped out by our enemies. And, you know, again, the, the whole absolute power thing happens in the sense of you have this ultimate weapon in B, and what does his father do with it? Conquers the world. Yes. So I, I think I think th- it's really summed up on, um, what page is this? On page 17, when B is asking his dad, did I do well? And he says, son, yes. And he says, this is good. And this is this, this is good. It's a question. And, and his dad says, if we spared the women and children, they would only have raised children into men bent on destroying our valley, and the children would never forget. So you're getting this view into, like, w- what's happening here um, with, with with his dad. Um, and, you know, he, he says, uh, I don't forget, B says to his dad, I don't forget either. There's only one thing I don't remember, father. I don't remember you being there in the cave with mother. Who is he? And he says, he. And he says, who is my father? And and it, it's, it's really, really kind of like interesting that he, that B in this moment is having this introspective, like, <laughs> or existential, sorry. Like, who am I? Where am mm-hmm. I from? Like, who is all of this? Uh, and they, they have the conversation about, you know, you're not my dad, whatever. Um, and then there's another lightning bolt mm-hmm. later, and uh, you know, and, and he asks, "What what has she done?" Um, and then we we get the like kind of the last kind of big battle with B B, where his dad is pulling out the arrows, and he says, "You're my son as much as she is your mother. Know that we love you, and uh, we would be nothing without you. We would never do anything to hurt you." And then it it go it, it comes to the the dialogue from the future from the present. Uh, he stopped he stopped talking after that. He needed a break. The important thing is he wants to remember. He is remembering. Um, and yeah, so there the it's the doctor and Caldwell, 
and they're talking and uh, one lightning strike would be a singularity two means it's reproducible it's like oh my god what are these idiots gonna do yeah um I, I i'm so i was so i'm so happy like I, as I, I was reading this I, I was super happy when when like that you reminded me of this book because mm-hmm. i probably wouldn't have picked it up because it's like oh god and uh, another celebrity um you know writing a comic and i i don't know how much keanu is involved i, I would assume a lot because his name's on it and he's one of those guys that puts a value on his name but man this is this is just great i mean this is for boom this is a flagship book mm-hmm. this is this is a book that i think could could legitimately go for five years 60 issues um ish depending on like if they can keep the pace up but yeah i mean and, and it's the way it's unfolding over over three ep- three episodes three issues <laughs> i see i do it too over over three issues we've learned a lot but we still have a lot to learn and and just rolling it out like this i don't know how you feel about it but i, I think this is just one of my favorite comics right now i agree and on the rollout part a lot of times you can tell when a story is purposefully holding back and spoon feeding mm-hmm. you and it kind of disrupts the flow because you, I mean, because they don't do as good of a job as this, say this book does in saying, yes, we know there's a lot still mm-hmm. they're holding back, but the way that they unfold the story, it makes sense of why we're, you know, why we're not getting everything at once or it, it really, cause this is a simple story right now. But there's a lot of complex issues underlying that we haven't gotten to yet. Right. That's good. And to your point, as far as like why you said you could see this going, you know, five years or so. And it's because of the complexity underneath of the, sim- the simplistic story that we've gotten so far and how, how many things they can do with this that really, like, really, it, the, the sky's the limit for a book like this just because, again, it's telling a story. And not trying to, you know, spoon feed you a message like right. we say all the time. Yeah. And I mean, even at the very end of it with the uh, learning about the, the protocols that they have for B and, and you see there's an adjustment to the protocol in the very last panel where the soldier drops two pills into his hand and he says new protocol adjustment to this time. And it's like, oh, OK. So, like, again, you he's not a part of this unit. They're studying him. They're using him. They're, you know, and and I think, uh, I think that's great. I, I like it was it was such a cool little reveal. Like you know, I'm sure most people are like, oh, I saw that coming and, and whatnot. And it's like, okay, you know, fair enough. I mean, I'm, I'm I, it's it's not a surprise necessarily, but it's still like it was a really cool moment to be like, okay, we're doing this, and then it happened immediately. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, oh, okay, well we'll, we'll wait till he gets back. No, he's in the field, and they're like, drop, drop. Yeah. So. And I'm I'm really curious to see like what that leads to like what's in these medications and you know I know it's kind of it's similar to kind of like the stabilizing because again if you go back to the past and mm-hmm. that last city that they conquered and the soldiers were like okay we're done right and then he's like no father said no one and right I mean, he go he goes uh, Darth Vader on the younglings <laughs> so like that was one of the things I a couple of questions as far as you know. What are these meds stabilizing its mood, preventing, you know, kind of keeping him in check or what? So, right. And again, what's Caldwell's in game? Yeah. Uh, 
I don't know. It's really cool. I, I like I said, I really like it. I want to see. I want to see more. I want to. I just want to know. I like you know. Here's the thing: is I want to see more, and, and I say I want to know, but at the same time, like I want it to be. I want it to unfold for me, right? The way it's unfolding. So, and and Matt Kind is a great, great comic book writer. I mean, Keanu is super creative. So, you know, like I like I feel like I judged <laughs> judged a book by its cover. Um, by saying, oh, it's just another celebrity win. In reality, you know, like I should have I should have remembered who I was dealing with because, right. you know, we're, we're both big fans of Keanu. So, yeah, I, and I'm only a matter of time. And, and again, I, I haven't looked this up or anything along those lines, but what they're going to be doing in the sense of movie, TV series. Yeah. Streaming, what whatnot, animated. I, mean, I would love to see this as an animated. I would prefer to see this animated as long as Seth Rogen's not attached to it. Um, I so I I had wa- after we recorded last month about issue two, I, I went and watched some some reviews and um, I forget which channel it was, but they were talking about how this is essentially just their Netflix pitch, like this mm-hmm. comic is their Netflix pitch, and 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 fair enough. But you know, if I'm Netflix or Amazon or Apple or whoever, like. Like I feel like Apple would be would benefit the most from from something like this, right? Mm-hmm. It's a big budget, big budget like action, gory, you know, uh, Keanu Reeves led story, <laughs> and uh, and know, they don't have anything like that on their platform. They really yet. don't. I mean, it's a lot of comedy, a lot of drama, um, but looking at this, I, I I agree with you. Animation, I feel like, would be the way to go because there's a lot you can do. And you don't have to worry about Keanu turning 60, 65, 70 years old. Mm-hmm. You just, like, he can show up and do his voice. He can knock out a whole, because B doesn't talk a whole lot. So, I mean, he could knock out all of his lines for a season in probably an afternoon um, and, and, and get that done. So, but when, when I was, but like listening to people talk about that and saying, oh, this is just their Netflix pitch, it's like, I, I think you're, you're doing a disservice to the, what the comic is doing. Because if it was a Netflix pitch, they would have just laid everything out in the first issue, everything out in the first issue, um, and and you know while yes I agree like this is a show that they want to Netflixify or or whatever like verb we want to make for make up for that, um, this is this is a book that needs to just you know breathe and like let's let's give it let's give it two years before. Mm-hmm. Like we really think, like, hey, let's let's make a TV series now. So, yeah. All right. So, out of five um, purposeful lightning strikes, what do you give it? I give it a three. Uh, another solid outing. Again, it's one of those where it's it's a simple story, and I while I loved seeing the past, I do want to get catch up more in the present with B. And and again, I know this that's the you know not the potential, but. That's mm-hmm. where they're going, right? Yeah. We're gonna get, we're gonna start getting more of B in the present. We're gonna get start getting more of what Caldwell wants. So this is another solid outing. Yeah, uh, I, I I like I probably like the first two issues a little bit better, but again, this is a very connective story, and I really like how everything is unfolding. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm gonna go three and a half. Um, I liked it a little more than you. I like this stuff in the past. I think it's doing a great like world foundation building. Uh, the other thing is I like 
just the subtle differences in the coloring between the past and the present. Yes. Um, everything in the past is a like a red orange. Everything in the present is a blue purple. Um, and I just I really like that. It, it's it's just it's minor. It's little. Uh, but it, it's 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 a care in the storytelling, especially with the sequential visual medium that is comics. Yes. And I forgot to mention, yeah, I, I really like how they, the art does a such a great job of marrying itself to the story. Hey, do you like beer and nerd stuff and Daryl? And wings. And wings. Oh, God, their wings are so good. Um, all right, so we are doing a live episode of the infamous podcast at fretboard brewing in blue ash ohio so if you live anywhere near cincinnati um go to infamouspodcast.com click on our facebook link we have an event there sign up all the information is there that you need but we will be recording a live episode from fretboard at 7 p.m on july 19th that's a monday uh show up you might be able to be on the show who knows drink some good beer eat some good food and uh we're going to have a good show. It's going to be fun. Yeah. So be interesting. It'd be very fun. It's going right. to be a lot of fun. All right. We hope you can join us. See you there. So as much as I liked Berserker number three, I loved Nightwing 81. You just like it for the t-shirt. Uh, you know, Babs is a straight savage. Not, not, uh, not at all surprised by that. I thought that was just a great little thing that um, Tom and, and Bruno did there. But no, this this is great. It picks up right where uh, 80 leaves off. Um, Nightwing is in the midst of the fire. Heartless shows up. And you find out that Heartless is like got some technology going on where you can't. He's just you see him, but like it's infrared. He's all blurred out, um, which is, is pretty cool. Um, and then he does this great thing where he pulls out a fire extinguisher and clears a path for the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> So it's like, okay, this, that was a very interesting like nuance to this character. Because there's been – okay, so for one thing, Heartless's design is derivative of like Hush and the Court of Owls and like just a bunch of different like people who wear like that Kabuki-style mask. Um, but I'm not – I'm not saying the character is derivative. I would like – the one thing I don't like about Heartless is the character design. Mm-hmm. But everything that we we were shown about how his his actions and things, I, I just love. I, I think he's a, especially for for Dick to be his Nightwing to be his foil. Like you know, Nightwing. The the biggest thing about Dick Grayson is his heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean he's got that ass, right? But you know. <laughs> no, that's Cap. <laughs> um, but no, I mean he's 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 this character who who's one hundred percent heart. Like everything he does is to try and make the world a better place, and you have a guy who everything he does is trying to steal heart from, from a person, um, but he doesn't want to hurt kids, even though he set the pier on fire. Yeah, and to, to you know, kind of uh, piggyback off of that. Yeah, I thought the design. I actually liked when he we first saw him at the the last page in yeah. last episode. And I, and then you get to see the whole thing in this mm-hmm. one, and it's it's a little bit less impressed, less impressed, less yeah. impressive. But I'm really curious to know what because again, we know he's enhanced in some way, shape, or form. Which was a great moment because when Dick throws the escarima, escarima stick, mm-hmm. is that how you say it? 
Um, yeah. I always get that wrong. Um, and he catches it. And he, like, I love the the next panel because his eyes are a little bit wider in the mask. And he's like, I've underestimated him. And then he takes a shot to the head. Again. Which, you know, um, this just pisses me off more and more about the whole Rick Grayson thing and, and you know, them shooting him in the head and, and all of that. Um, but he recovers quickly. Uh, and being the fact that, you know, he's one of the three best martial artists in, in the DCU. You know, he, you know, it's kind of arbitrary, but okay. super, super easy, barely an inconvenience <laughs> to, to get out of, uh, to get out of this one. Right. Um, actually it's not at all. It was, it was super hard and it wasn't until, uh, uh, heartless blew up the other side of the, the pier that Tim was taking the kids to that he had to get out of it. And then my favorite moment of this happened is, is Dick calls on Bloodhaven to help. And and you know everyone's like you're you're crazy. What are you what are you doing? Blood. This is not Bloodhaven. And he says no. Bloodhaven is the people. And you know all these ships show up to to help these kids. And it was uh Bloodhaven's not a place. It's a people. Right. I like it. I kind of like felt that like Asgardian moment there. Um, that was kind. It was kind of cool. And seeing that and 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 his faith in Bloodhaven being you know there. And then he promptly passes out. Yeah. And. That this is one of those where my inexperience with Nightwing and his, you know, relationship to Bloodhaven, it, it's, it's a little bit of a disservice in the sense I didn't get that same type of impact. I got, I, I got it from the standpoint of logic, mm-hmm. in the sense I know what he's doing, but I don't have that history to be like. Man. So Chuck Dixon spent about a hundred issues, um, in the late nineties to the mid two thousands, uh, or yeah, late nineties to mid two thousands, um really like building up this is dick's home you know mm-hmm. this is this is his city like he's the batman of bloodhaven and he's gonna do it his way whereas you know gotham was his adoptive home you know gotham was the site of his parents death you know there, there, there's a lot there's there's a whole lot of baggage there whereas bloodhaven was a fresh start and it never had hero and it's as bad if not worse than gotham so you know the to to have the 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 citizens of the Denzens, if you will, of uh, of Bloodhaven step up like this was really cool. Yeah, and probably because it had to do with boats, it it put me in mind of the Dark Knight. Eh, yeah, uh, a little bit. Where you know the Joker is counting on people's selfish self interest to do what he wanted them to do, and they prove otherwise and that's kind of to me in the sense that that's how that's how i related to this a little bit yeah in the sense of you know this this and and it's not like heartless necessarily you know with the purposefully did this in the sense of the way joker did because you know joker had the spiel to batman like Mm -hmm. watch what these people do basically right but it ends up being the same similar in the sense of you know, when Nightwing calls out to people yeah. and they answer the right. call. I mean, let, let's be honest. I mean, Tom Taylor is, is a fine comic book writer, mm-hmm. but he's never shied away from dipping his toes into other things for inspiration. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. Um, and that's not a bad thing. No, I mean, like, it's not. I like I like Tom Taylor. I, 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 he's he's actually crushing it on, on everything he's doing right now. Um, but at, at the end of the day, it, it's... You know, he's to me. What's important is he's writing this Nightwing book with care for the character, um, 
intention for where it's going and and like a little bit of intrigue that's going on which leads us to the second half of the book when uh you know barbara after why dick is out does a whole bunch of um whole bunch of research and we find out that uh um zuko mayor zuko now um has a uh has an FBI file that's largely redacted, but I skipped a part. Um, Tim calls uh, the dog Bitewing. <laughs> and uh, Dick says, Bitewing, that's actually a great name, but her name is Haley. Um, and then Barbara retorts, which I shared this uh, panel with you. Um, people are telling, <laughs> you're telling me the people in this room, or Tim says, you're telling me the people in this room can't have two names. And Barbara says, I have three. But the most important thing about this pair, uh, this, this panel is she's wearing the meme of Batman smacking Robin as a t-shirt. That that's just great. So, um just savage. But yeah, so we move on and we find out that um she is uh Marizuko um and she was uh Tony Zuko's daughter from his first marriage, but he was she was raised by uh Boss Maroni, the Maroni crime family. So she's still a, a got a mobster uh in her blood. And so, yeah, so it's a really interesting thing. And then we see this, um, this FBI file that is largely redacted. I mean, like there's almost nothing in there about her. So Dick is supposed to like take the night off cause he's got a concussion, which I, I'll have to say this is, I do like how they're not just brushing over it. You know, so many times comics, when a super a hero gets punched, knocked out, or whatever, yeah. they're like, eh, he's fine by the next, you know, next page." And this is, you know, it's one of those things because even even mentions I'm seeing way too many spots for someone who's had multiple head injuries, right, 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 or something along so, those lines. Um, and just to to point out on page sixteen, just the way Bruno laid this page out and, and drew everything, it, it flows amazingly. And then you get this hero shot of Dick in the in the bottom uh, left corner. That is just beautiful artwork. I mean, it is. I love this art. The, the, the art way in this book. He, the way he draws, the way he's drawing this book is is amazing. Um, oh crap! I didn't mean to close that. Um, but yeah, and, and so Dick Dick is like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a trip to see Melinda Zuko, and they're like, yeah, no, you're gonna rest. Um, and we get to the next page, and he's laying in bed with Bitewing, and he's like, mm, no, nah, I'm I'm gonna head out because this is what he does. Right. I mean. I, I equate Daredevil closer to, to Nightwing than I do Batman, mm-hmm. right? Um, they're both stubborn. They're both, you know, crazy <laughs> as far as, like, with what they're gonna, willing to jump off of. Uh, but at the end of the day, they both put their personal safety last. And I'm not saying Batman doesn't do that. But Batman's on a whole nother level than, <laughs> than the two of them. Um, but, yeah, so he, he gets in there. And of course, Barbara's watching because she's got his uh, goggles on. He forgot to turn them off. And again, Bruno does this great thing on this next page. Uh, actually, it's on page 18, where Dick uses his screamiscus to like laser cut a hole in the glass. And it's it, the way he does it is like a how-to, vi- like a how-to <laughs> illustration. Um, that that has been my favorite little trope that that Bruno has been doing with these. Uh, with the art in this book and, and uh, hopefully Tom is, you know, involved in that. Uh, but yeah, so he unlocks the window and Babs lets him know that someone's there. 
and it's uh, Melinda's bodyguard with a katana waiting to cut his head off. <laughs> um, but yeah, then we get another great page like layout of action where you know he disarms her. He figures out like she's really good again, underestimating who yeah. he's going up against. Could be the concussion. Uh, but then he takes a baseball back to the back of the head, which cannot be good. Again, for someone who just you know got a concussion, you know the superhero concussion protocols really need work. Yeah, I again going back to supernatural real quick. I don't know how many times Sam and Dean have been not cold in their fifteen years. Yeah, fifteen. I mean, I know fifteen years ago the show came on, but anyway, continue. <laughs> um, so the the when you, when we get to page twenty one though, um, after this battle. Uh, Dick is tied up, tied to a chair. And there's something about this page that made me really think of. Um, oh, shoot. It just totally. Uh, the killing joke. Uh, when when the Joker has Jim Gordon tied up and he's trying to drive him crazy and break him. that Just the, the, the way the red was used on this page uh, really was cool. And then when Dick realizes he's not wearing his mask. Um, and, and Melinda Zuko was standing there holding it in front of him. Um, and everything that he's going through, you kind of see in the, like the fear in that middle panel. Um, yeah. Right. Right. And, and so then he, he break, just breaks the ropes, you know? I mean, uh, he's not super powered, but he's, he's pretty strong. So I, I think the two of them maybe didn't know how to, to tie a knot. Um, but he, he wants to know, you know, he says, you know, me, I know you too. You worked for the Maroney crime family. You're the daughter of Tony Zuko. And she says, no, I'm not. I thought I was for a long time, but then I learned the truth. And we get to the, the next page and you just see her eyes and in, in her eyes, um, she says, my real father was named John Grayson. And she's got this very matter of fact, like look about her, um, and I know it's art, so it's not like we're asking someone to act or anything like that. And then she, like the 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 last like four fifths of the page, is I'm your sister, and Dick is taken aback, and she's just kind of standing there. I, the next issue is called the Graysons. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is where it ends. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> I really hope this is her messing with him. Mm -hmm. So I I am. There, 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 there's things about characters' origin stories that I think kind of need to remain sacred. And the the thing about Dick's parents is they were always they've always been perceived as like really good people, mm -hmm. people who helped, people who who loved and and, and whatnot. Um, and Dick seems to be older than her, so it would make you think it was an affair. Um, where this would work for me is if it turns out maybe she's older, she's like four or five years older than him. And maybe it was a, like a, a one night like dalliance before John and Mary Grayson were married. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, I don't know how I feel about it. I trust Tom Taylor is going to, to do a good story, but I'm not a fan of these people going back. Any of them of the, of the current crop of comic book creators going back and changing origins and changing uh, intentions of characters. Like they did, they did the thing with Jason Todd in, in the Batman urban legends book where um, he killed someone when he was 14 before Batman even found him. 
And so he's been a killer all along because he killed him and he liked it. Like that was the thing. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, that kind of ruins everything about Jason Todd. So he's just been Red Hood all along. That's that's bullshit. Like, no, he like he was a he was a troubled kid. Bruce found him and he saved him and he helped him. And then at the end of the day, Bruce let him down. And when he came back from the Lazarus pit, he went crazy. But also he realized Bruce let me down. Mm-hmm. And that was that was a huge motivation to him of saying, like, I'm going to do what Batman does, but better by putting a period at the end of every sentence. Now, I would say that would have worked only if, and again, this is a trope that's used too, just kind of like the, oh, I am your sister, I am your brother thing. That's another one that's used. No, I am your father. If, if, you would have said, if they would have said, okay, he killed this guy. But he was so shocked that you know he he had a feeling about it that he repressed it, right? And then you know coming through the Lazarus Pit resurrected that feeling right. or whatever. That would have worked. But on the whole, I agree. It's you know if you want to change or if you want a certain origin for a character, mm-hmm. guess what? Create your own. Yeah, exactly. So because when I when I think about this, all I can think: How dare you! <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, it's like, cause who are you to stand on the shoulder of giants and say that their origin should be changed? Right. So, um, all right. So out of, um, five, um, starry eyed concussions, let's say that it's five starry eyed concussions. What do you, what do you give this one? I give it a 3.5. I one love the art. I just. Absolutely, and in love with you know, looking at this book, and I love. I really like you breaking down how certain pages flow from panel to panel. I, I noticed that right away. You know, when we first started, you know, for what with issue seventy eight when we first started this. Very curious about Heartless and what his motivations are. I'm I'm with you. I'm not really on that train of you know Zuko being his half sister, right. but again. Tom Taylor has done some good work, you know, over the past yep. few years. So yes, I'll trust him. He's one of those. He's it, he's one of those thing guys. I'll, I'll trust him until he shows me that I can't trust him. Yeah, I'm not like, oh my god, I'm out. Yeah. Like this is no good. So I'm four out of five. Um, the artwork, like the writing in this book, is really good, but the artwork is just carrying it to another level. Um, and uh, yeah, so I I think this is uh, this is definitely one to check out and. Yeah, I don't know. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, I'm I'm just really happy because it feels like Nightwing's back. Loki, episode two, the variant. We were not fans. I, I, I hold on. Let me let me rephrase. That. I was not a fan. I don't want to put words in your mouth. I was not a fan of the pilot. I just thought it was meh. I I I, I stand by my my assertion that in most cases, the pilot is the worst episode of any series. Um. The two standouts for me being Supernatural and Battlestar Galactica because I didn't watch the miniseries. <laughs> I watched 33, and that's a badass episode. Um, but, yeah, so in this episode, we we get more of the multiverse. Um, Loki joins the team. We get to see uh, the variant fugitive version of Loki um, in 1985 uh, kidnapping a TVA commander or agent or whatever they're called um i like to call them erasers because when they tap you with their stick they erase you Mm -hmm. um but i don't i don't think that's gonna catch on but yeah this uh 
This was a much better episode. There was a lot of talking. Yes. Like a lot of talking. A lot of like, conversation. This 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 show does not have a very big budget. I think most of the budget probably went to Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson's contra- uh, salaries. Mm-hmm. Fine, they're great. Um but there's not a lot there's not a lot of production quality to this. Yeah, so when we went back to like one thing I liked about this episode was how Yeah, let's talk about what we like about yeah. it before we get I one of the things I've had issues with in the MCU in general, not just last week's episode, but in the MCU, is how they kind of put Loki in the sense of they kind of made him almost like the butt of a joke a yeah. lot of times. Yeah. And he's not given his due for being crafty and duplicitous and the god of mischief. The god of mischief. This episode does give us that intelligence factor because mm-hmm. Loki's the one that figures out, okay, this is how the variant is staying one step ahead of us. Yeah. But again, I mean, it's also like he's just thinking about what he would do. Right. But it still comes across as it shows him more than just you know a comic relief. And in that, and and this, and why I, was, what I, why I was talking about this is because to prove his point, or to kind of like prove his theory, he goes back to Vesuvius. Yeah, talks, that was great. Yeah, that talks. was such a great scene. He but talks again. It was very low budget, and that's where I was going with that because you could tell it was extremely low budgeted in this in that scene. But I love the scene, and again, it doesn't mean you have to put all this money into something to make it interesting we're just saying that it shows that there's a budgetary concerns at least the right, first couple yeah. episodes so and you know who, who knows what the budget is going to look like i felt like they blew their budget for the first two episodes on the you know the climactic scene at the finale uh, the final couple minutes of this one um but yeah i will say i kind of want to see a buddy like a real buddy cop movie between Hiddleston and Owen Wilson. That's um that's the other that down? that's the other thing um, that's good on here. That I love the that two I love of that them together. Say. Um I really also enjoy uh um Owen Wilson and Guju Batha Ra? Mabatha Ra? Yeah I think I, that's how you say I, it. I, I can't help you on that I, one. I, I have no idea. Um <laughs> but as as a um Ravina Renslayer. I almost said Ravenclaw. Yeah, right. Well, I because I keep wanting to call her Rowena Ravenclaw, but that's not the name. Um, so, but yeah, it, I like. I feel like Owen Wilson is is like the oh, I'm trying to think of the word. He's. Uh, what what is it? He's like the the glue that's the linchpin show together. Linchpin, that's perfect. Uh, words are hard. Um, <laughs> hey, we're like forty minutes in before I got there. I don't think um, we did it last week, did we? No, we didn't do one at all last nice. week. We were we were on it. Words were easy last week. Barely, <laughs> Barely any convenience. <laughs> so, damn you for getting me hooked on those pitch meetings. Words. Um, I want that shirt. Oh, I know. So anyway, um. But yeah, I like I think any time that that Owen Wilson is on screen, what we're seeing is good. Any time that Tom Hiddleston is on screen, as long as he's not with Hunter B fifteen, anything is good. Um, so that's uh, Wunmi Ma- Masaku, Masaku. 
um, who and and I'm not a fan of her as Hunter B15, but I told you, I loved her performance when she was Lady Loki, or what yes. have you. I loved her performance yes. in that. So I, I think as Hunter B15, she's very unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also just very, and I know you're not supposed to like the character, but like. The, the thing I liked most about her was when Loki put the time collar on her and was torturing her. <laughs> like, I mean, honestly, it's like, yes, give it to her. Um, and then when, when Lady Loki took her over and, you know, like you said, um, I, I, I'm, I've never seen her in anything else. So I'm not judging her as an actress. Yeah, she's pretty good. She was in um, uh, Lovecraftian tale or, or the Lovecraft country oh. or whatever. She was in that. Yeah. And she was I in something else. I, I thought she was good in that, yeah, but, but um, um, but she's she's just not good as that character. I'm I'm just not a fan. Um, but Loki ruining Mobius's lunch might be the funniest and meanest thing he's ever done because he didn't need to do any of that to explain it. And I think he was just like that was him getting like his little comeuppance. And I know? love Mobius's don't don't don't, don't do my salad. Don't, don't do my salad. And then when he takes the. Uh, the milk or the juice or whatever from Casey and Casey's like you like you know because <laughs> Ka- he almost got Casey killed yeah you know or erased by the erasers um not the hunters um <laughs> but I, I I do think that this episode moved the story along it the high points were Loki figuring it out then like where how Loki the the variant Loki the other variant Loki this, this is very confusing <laughs> let's just call it Randy how Randy was going through all the different parts of the multiverse and staying off the TVA's timeline. And in case you're wondering, I wrote down all the places she went. Or, oh, God. Yeah. It, it only took a couple minutes of pausing yeah. scenes, but so. it's very interesting. Like, there's like a couple of the MCU places she went is Vormir in 2301. Okay. Ego. Oh, yeah. 1382, Titan in 1982, Asgard in 2004, Sakaar in 1984, uh, Xandar in the year 1000. And then there's a lot of places on Earth in, in yeah. different times where I'm really curious to see what her endgame is because she tells Loki, this is not about you. But I don't know if she's talking about him or you in the sense of all us Lokis. All Lokis, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, no, that's, that's, that's interesting. I didn't even bother. I didn't care enough. To, well, I, I watched so. a reaction and they were trying to do it. And I was oh. like, you know what? I didn't even pay attention to you that. So what? I went back. I have a 4k TV. I can do that myself. So I went back and I was like, oh, these are interesting dates. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So it's really cool. Um, so I feel like this would have been a better, for, better first episode. Yes. And that's one of uh-huh. the things I wrote down. I feel like they could have captured him and put him through orientation and then like, after orientation, you see hunters going to the Ren Fair, and then the episode goes from there. And it would have had, I think, like a like a little over a fifty six minute, like fifty six fifty seven minute runtime then, which I think would have been really good instead of like a forty nine minute runtime because mm-hmm. these aren't going to be on TV. Like these right. are made for streaming. Um, I think the other thing about this is, and, and it's what I've realized with all of these Disney things is, I am of the mindset now. I'd rather they drop them all at once. Because that's how they're made. They're not made to be like an episodic television show. They're made to be streamed. They're 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 just long movies. 
and the the way they cut them up does not like I'm not I'm not not excited to go back to it on Wednesday, but at the same time, it's like I'm definitely gonna watch Superman and Lois before I watch this. So yeah, so the first time they did that did this with WandaVision, it made perfect sense because of how WandaVision was split up. Mm-hmm. And we, I think we started talking well, about this. the first half of WandaVision was like a TV show. Yeah. Where it's like, I can't wait to see what happens next week. Right. The second half of WandaVision was just an MCU movie. Yeah. That they could have just dropped all at once. So, and I think we started talking about this with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier because it how it felt. What? what? The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Virtue Signal and the Neutered Soldier. <laughs> but I, I think we did talk about how it seemed like this was like a big movie and it didn't feel right how yeah. it was split up it, it was they, again it would have been better to just drop all six at once and you know move on to the next thing this feels the same way yes. and because it's only six episodes it definitely feels that same way right um now when they went to alabama um f- from the time he dried himself off with magic until the end this was the best we've seen of this tv show so far yes and that is about eight minutes of runtime right and again this episode was a vast a major improvement for me from not just what was going on screen but also how it furthered the plot right because i you you told you were we were talking during the week how you said yeah the first episode you know we we both said it was like a zero issue Mm -hmm. the first episode could have been a 10 minutes you know Thing they could have put on just put on youtube 10 yes. minutes like hey this is an introduction to what's happening with loki and like, then hell you can show him getting captured by the tva and then you just start with 1985 renfair yeah and go like yeah because yeah this absolutely felt like a see uh, a, a first episode mm-hmm. to me uh, and that and looking back on the first on last week it just doesn't have that same vibe it just felt it felt more out of place after watching this one yep than it did when watching it originally. So, yeah. And I mean, this one was, uh, again, directed by Kate Heron. She's directing all six episodes. And it was Alyssa uh, Karasik, Karasik who wrote it. I thought I thought the dialogue was really good this yeah. week. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely a step up from last week. Uh, the other favorite thing I had was the jet ski magazine and the yeah. conversation <laughs> about jet skis. And it makes me want to go watch Eastbound and Down. I do like little things like that yep. when they put them in scripts. So. All right. So uh, we both agree better than last week. Mm-hmm. Not quite up to what we were expecting from the show. Again, don't want to put words in your mouth. So stop me if I'm, I'm doing so. And uh, Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson are magical. Yes. Cool. Yes. And yes. All right. So out of, uh, out of um, five jet skis, what do you give this one? I got. I give this one a three point five. A major step in the right direction. Really hoping that, unlike a previous MCU show we watched before this, it keeps that momentum. Which show was that? Um, the one that we're. I don't want to get shit <laughs> for for saying. <laughs> what? Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Virtue signal and the Neuter Soldier. That's all, that's all I hear you say. Anyway. All right. Uh, cool. No, I go two and a half. Um, I give it up a half point from last week for me. It's better. It's not great. It's uh, still a little self-contained as far as like what should be a huge like multiverse scanning spanning story. And seeing the sacred timeline 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 be ripped apart at the end 
has me pseudo excited for the next episode. I'm a trust but verify at this point. Mm-hmm. I have to watch it for myself before I decide anything. That's fair. Cool. The Bad Batch, to me, is just a formula. Right? I mean, do you disagree? No, I, I say it all the time. You're I, giving me this look like, I agree with you, but I don't want to say I no, agree I've, with you. No, what, <laughs> what do I call it? I, I, I'm a big RPG guy. Yeah. And a game like Sky, I have a big RPG, not just RPG now, open world. Yeah. So for those who don't play open world games, you have the main quest and just then you have- Grand Theft Auto. Just think Grand yeah, Theft Auto. You have side quests. And how many times in these games where you just get on these side quests that don't really do anything for the main story, but they're just, they are fun- and sometimes they are cool, but you have to go back to the path of the main story. Yes. And this is what uh, I've been, you know, that's the, that's what I've been se- telling people about the Bad Batch so far. It's like, it's like one big side quest. Yep. Well, it's a bunch of little side quests. Yeah. It's not like well, one no, big, yeah. I it's, mean, it's, it's not multiple even one side big quests. narrative story. Yeah. Every week point. is a new, oh, this question mark here. Let me go to this. This question mark here. Let me go to that. Mm-hmm. And this week does a better job of steering us back right to what the main heart of the the seasons mm-hmm. you know the seasons through line is going to be i i like the I, I think this is my favorite episode so far mine too um for a couple reasons um one we got we finally got some action we got to see the bad batch be the bad batch um not just like brutes but using their brains like with the the cannon and things like that Crosshair was back, so I think now we have the correlation. The issues that are issues, the episodes that Crosshair is in are good. The episodes that Crosshair are not in, just don't watch. Um, But again, it had the formula. There's something wrong with the ship they're on. Uh, Something happens where they have to run away. There's a cameo, and you know Dave Filoni's name pops up on the credits. (laughs) Yeah, I mean that's the formula right there. Uh, I will say I. uh, I jumped for joy with the cameo this week with uh, spoilers, Cad Bane. Um, I thought that was great. It's it's great to see him alive and and well and in, in the you know bounty hunting universe. I think uh, it's a hundred percent fan service though. Oh yeah, you and know? I, I love the the score change when oh yeah when he comes so, in. I love that character. I love his design. His hat was a little small. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, like his hat, his hat, the size of the brim of his hat is constantly changing. Um, I like the one where it's real, like it's just real big, like Kentucky Derby hat. Um, so, um, but I mean, Cat Bane is a great character. So I, I'm, I'm excited to see them have to go up against Cad Bane. Mm-hmm. Um, Crosshair gets injured. That made me sad. Um, I really hope they make a change to the character design. But based on the Walmart exclusive toy that just went on sale yesterday, which would be Friday the 18th, um, I'm guessing not because that character, I mean, he looked like Crosshair. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's, this isn't a bad show. It's solid. It's, mm-hmm. it's a Volkswagen Jetta of shows, like I said last week. It, it's just, it, 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 it ticks off all these boxes, but it's such a formula that it's hard to really get into it. And and I will say this, it's doing a better job than Clone Wars season 1 and Rebels season 1. Mm-hmm. But we also were introduced to these 
five characters of the Bad Batch in plus seven. Echo in season seven. So Rebels was net new. Clone Wars, nobody knew what to make of it. They were afraid it was going to be like a Attack of the Clones, you know. So, you know, and it kind of was. Um, but, you know, th- this is good. I-, I think the animation's gotten better, especially with the action. Mm-hmm. Uh, I-, I think Wrecker is far and away the star of this show from a- not just a character standpoint, but like you're rooting for him standpoint. And then the the... For the people who are calling Omega Mary Sue's, or calling her a Mary Sue, uh, she didn't know how to de- deactivate that bomb. She let it off. Yeah, and that was great. And I do, you, you do see her improving because remember what was it last week or the week before when she had two episodes ago where she was working with the bow, and she was having trouble with it. Yeah, and now she's again. We we don't know how much time has passed, but she's been working on that. Right, and she used it. And, and it also got knocked out of her hand too. Yeah. So like, it's not like she she was all of a sudden this like range machine. Like, I think people use definition uh, words that they don't actually know the definition of. You know, there's a great meme where it was uh, it shows Anakin hard work to get to where he was, and then Ray's just on a cloud and it says convenient storytelling, um, and and that kind of makes sense you know like with the force stuff like the fighting stuff i think ray grew up on a planet where she had to fight so she mm-hmm. knew how to fight which yeah it also never made any sense why she did not adopt the dual bladed lightsaber that would have been perfect for her that was who she was anyway that's beside the point <clears throat> here with omega she she messes up she fails she wanders off like a kid gets into trouble like a kid and one of the Bad Batch always has to, to rescue her. <clears throat> she has yet to get out of a predicament on her own. Um, now, I'm going to see people who are like, oh, well, she touched the the right button to fire whatever. She grew up on a space station. Well, yeah. you know, whatever, not a space station. But the she grew up with the most advanced technology in, in, in the galaxy far, far away with the Kaminoans. Like, she knows how to use a panel, you know? Um when 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 they were when he was like yeah deactivate the bomb and she was like going through and she's like okay i know this i know this i know this and then she cuts the wrong wire and she thinks she's gonna blow up and yeah. she's like why well, didn't it blow up and, and record's like it was a smoke bomb it took me forever <laughs> to figure that out you think i'm gonna do that to you i yeah. loved it i mean there was a great moment yeah um the moment that omega had with tech with um you know the engine and everything was a great moment like i mean it was like I, I, I think the people who – let me rephrase this. I think the rise of Skywalker and The Last Jedi did so much damage to the idea of just a capable female character in Star Wars mm-hmm. that they're not giving this character a shot. Yeah. Um, I mean, Finnick Shand is a great character, female. Uh, Cara Dune, great character, female. Both of which got a ton of backstory in a short, or let me rephrase, a ton of exposition in a short amount of time to who they were. Omega, we're getting to see grow as she goes. Mm-hmm. Not a Mary Sue, not at all. And and honestly, like her and Wrecker are my favorite part of the show. Oh, outside absolutely. of Crosshair, yeah, absolutely. Like even like I don't even put, I guess I don't put Crosshair in there just because we see so little of him. I know, but whenever he's around, it's yeah. good. But <laughs> Wrecker and Omega, oh, or how to say Omega, Omega, they. Like they're always the best part of the episode. You have to say it like her too. Reka, 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 Omega, Echo, Hunter, Hunter. 
crosshair. <laughs> but uh, yeah, is that is that Australian or Tanzanian? Uh, is it New Zealand? New Zealand, maybe. Yeah, like, I'm not 100 percent sure. Is Kiwi a, a derogatory term for New Zealanders, or is it like? A good term. I don't know. I don't know. Because I always hear people call them kiwis, and I'm like, do you yeah. like being called? Me? I mean, because a kiwi is a pretty horrific fruit. Like, I can't imagine anyone would like being called that. <laughs> I don't know. It's furry. It tastes furry when you eat it. It's gross. Anyway, I've had a kiwi maybe once, and they're, I, they're I wasn't disgusting. a fan. Disgusting. They've got big old. Se- anyway, <laughs> I, I was about to say maybe it's like a honey fruit. You just have to get the perfect one, dude. Honeydew is the most perfect melon-like flavor out there if you get a good one like uh, like the the it's hard not to get a good one because it's so good the, the hard disagreement right there but when, when you get a good one welcome to oh. melon chat <laughs> didn't know you were so. getting that this week did you <laughs> special bonus episode uh, so okay so crosshair actually gets hurt in this episode yeah but he was one step ahead of the four of them the entire time mm-hmm. like and and when when tech broke into the to their comms, I was like, he's listening, you dummies. Like he knows what you're going to do. He was with you. You guys have to start like being the bad batch and like being unpredictable. And they got that at the end. They did that with the engine and letting mm-hmm. the engine off. Um, I will say, I was a little like when 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 uh, I forget what I think it was Wrecker who stopped tech from talking about the lining of the engine compartments. Mm-hmm. It's like. I really was hoping that was going to come back into play where like maybe they rolled around in like, you know, whatever they were able to like coat their armor with it. But then Mm -hmm. I was like, well, Omega doesn't have any, sorry, Omega doesn't have any armor. So she'll just get burned up. (laughs) But yeah, I don't know. I mean, this was a good episode. This, this was my favorite episode of the, of the series so far. Um, Even before Cad Bane showed up Mm -hmm. And, and Cad Bane showing up just really added to it, even though, I think it's 100% fan service what they're doing. And the fact that they do it every week makes me feel really disingenuous with the story they're trying to tell. But, you know, it's... Uh, because this is a big galaxy. And we'll all, see early days of the galaxy. Yeah. Of the, of the, the Empire. I so, mean, in the sense uh, of people just happening to run into each other all the time. Right. That's... But they're going to planets that like they've never been to either for the right. most part, and we're meeting we're meeting different kinds of aliens, and and you've got the different stormtrooper types now and clone troopers, and you know, uh, I'm assuming at some point we're going to see Commander Cody, but he's he's a bad guy. Like I mean, Cody Cody goes full full in on the Empire, and like as far as the the old lore goes, so we'll we'll see what they do there. But yeah. All right. So out of uh, five rigged to blow smoke bombs, what do you what do you give this? I gave this a four. It's definitely my favorite episode of the season so far. I, I again, we needed to move the plot forward, and mm-hmm. now that we have to, you know, Omega, Omega's captured. You know the Caminoans. You know, had you know put Cad on the case, and mm-hmm. you know he succeeded where the other ones didn't. Yep, that's really going to, I think it sh- it should propel us in that to the back half of the season. One of the things I didn't mention that I liked is the conversation that Echo had with Hunter, and Hunter was talking about being on a different path. Yeah, and then Echo said something like, "We're soldiers. What other path is there?" Yeah, and that's. And then you just see Hunter just kind of stop and it's like, 
he, I mean, he, there's nothing he could say. Yeah. And that kind of just reminds me of, you know, what path are we on here? And not just in the sense of the Bad Batch as they're pr- trying to protect Omega, mm-hmm. but also what we're going to see from them as they get further and further away from what they were created to do for the Empire or for the, you know. Yeah. So that I, I'm really interested to see where we go the next few weeks. Yeah. So I go four out of five as well. Um, mainly for the action, mainly for, like you said, moving the story along. And uh, this was actually just a fun episode that did not revolve around a heist of the week put on by someone who's going to, you know, uh, turn on them. And, you know, we got got Crosshair back, we got Cad Bane, and, you know, with Omega being taken away from them, it's like when when you have a good champion in, in wrestling. Who uh, who has the belt and doesn't work out as being, or a good wrestler who gets the belt and doesn't work out as a champion, versus a great wrestler who chasing the belt makes them more interesting. Um, this is what we have now. All right, Soups and Lolo, episode ten. This show gets better every week. Yeah. I have to say the negative about this is it's episode 10 and we only have like six more left. Right. Um, I have to say the negative about this is that this was on the CW (laughs) and isn't a movie. (laughs) Oh man. Like the the special effects on this show have always been pretty good. They were good. They were good this week. Yeah. This week there were a couple shots though that were just like not necessarily action, but just there's a shot of and then again well they're shot of morgan edge towards the end yeah and i have to talk about this one it reminds me of man of steel when he comes out in his suit for the first mm-hmm. time and then the sun is on him and he just kind of looks up yeah and has his eyes closed and there's a very similar shot in See, this episode what's funny that. is like when i walk outside and it's sunny i make that same like yeah. motion yeah. i don't have any superpowers to like energize that you know of yet but like Dude, I'm 43. If I had superpowers, I'd know by now. I'm not Bruce Willis and and Unbreakable. Um, I'd know by now. Um, but like just that feeling of the sun on your face, you just kind of like your your mouth like just kind of like goes up in a smiling fashion towards it, like you're a fish hook, fish on a hook. Um, so I, I have to say, I I did come into this week's episode a little apprehensive because I was terrified that Edge was going to reveal himself to be Zod. And if he was Zod, I cannot guarantee that I was going to rage quit the show. You wouldn't have. But I can't guarantee that I wouldn't have. (laughs) I I think it might have marred a little bit of the goodwill that this show has built up for you. For me, I would have been disappointed just because, again, we we talked about this before. Um, Zod on Smallville was great. Callum Blue was great. He was great. He was a great. He's the most underrated Zod. Yeah. But, but again, one of the things we like is different stuff. Yes. And I like the idea of Morgan Edge. And again, when we heard the brother thing, we're like, does he mean just Kryptonian brother? Like, hey, my brother, my Kryptonian brother. Okay, so let, let's, let's, because it, it just picked it starts up. Off, it picked right, right up. Like, this was great. Like, they didn't make you wait for anything. Um, so Edge reveals himself to be Tal Ro, who is the son of Zeta Ro. And then Tal. Let's just call him Tao. Mm-hmm. Morgan Edge reveals that his mother is Laura Van L, 
who is also Clark's mother, Kal-El's brother, a mm-hmm. mother. Um, and so he's significantly older. And the beauty of this is it explained it that Laura Van El was married to, she was Laura Van Roe. Mm-hmm. And when she was married to Zeta, um, they did not uh, see eye to eye, <laughs> but they were matched. So they had to have a child. And it was the Kryptonian way where it was like, you know, this kind of new mythos where the, the children are all artificially like insemin- all artificial like insemination grown in a Kryptonian test tube sort of a thing. Um, but then she fell in love with Jor-El and went off and did what she did. Um, I thought that was great. I, I thought it was also interesting that she sent Tal to Earth um, apparently without really thinking where he was going to land because he landed in England. And this felt very much like um, the Flashpoint version of Superman mm-hmm. where he didn't land in Kansas. He landed in Metropolis. They captured him immediately. They tested him. They kept him away from the sun because they knew that's how he was powered. It felt very much like that. So it was kind of cool. Um, and and he was experimented on and everything. And then, you know, he had the eradicator and when he could, when he finally escaped, that was a great little flashback. That was, it was really, really cool. It also made me really, really happy to have Adam Rayner as Morgan edge and not, um, Peter Petrelli's older brother, mm-hmm. uh, Peter Fascinelli. Yeah. Uh, no, no. Peter Fascinelli was, Oh no. Adrian Pastor. Yeah. Adrian Pastor. Thank you. Um, cause I don't think he would have given, I'm going to use your word, the gravitas to this role that it needed because he was very regal. He was very confident. He was not maniacal or megalomaniac necessarily. He was doing his, his, what he's trying to do here is kind of what Zod tried to do in man of steel. Yes. As far as bring the Kryptonians back. But he said, he even said to Clark or Cal or Superman, whatever you want to call him, Never in history have they found a planet that was so compatible. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's not it's not like, oh, well, he's doing this just to just to do it. It's no, this is his chance to bring back his parents, his, you know, his, you know, all of this stuff. Um, and I thought that was really good. I, I think uh, the, the one thing that that I didn't like is is when it came to figuring out how to use the eradicator and clark went back to the fortress of solitude draw i was like oh no i mean laura is the one who knew not do that i'm not nearly smart enough and it's like are you f- kidding me like yeah you know how dare you right yeah. it, it's just like like it, it was one of those things where come on like it, it should have been like I, I would have loved it if he said we were a team on this that is not my heart stone does not hold that data. It's in her heart stone. Right. Which was stolen by Zeta Rowe. That would have. Yeah. But doing that, it took a little bit away from Jor-El and what Jor-El, what we know his history to be. Well, and again, it's just that it's that CW thing where they have to take away the agency of a male character to build up a female character. They do it constantly. They did it to Superman on Supergirl. Yeah, that's what. And yeah. and that it was like oh yeah that was the final straw in Supergirl it was already on thin ice that's for me. yeah same um and and you know for 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 that it's like man you've done so Todd Helbig you've done so well to this point that just that one little line and you know it's a nitpick 
it, yeah. it does it, it it does not take away the fact that I, I'm going to rank this higher than I've ranked any other uh, uh, Soups and Lolo show so far. But it was just that one moment where it's like, come on, like, yeah, come on, yeah, like be better, yeah. Don't don't give in. Don't 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 just say things that don't matter when when you have all these characters and, and the fact that like everything that Edge had set up to that point had helped build up like Laura's expertise and you know at no point have we never thought of her as an equal to Jor-El. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. And it was it was her idea to send Tauro. It was her idea to send Kal-El. You know, she's the one who made she's the one who made that decision to give up her sons now in mm-hmm. this in this instance. Um and send them away to to help them uh, or to, to to save them. And, you know, it's it's interesting. I do like that he landed on Earth and he was a child, like, you know, like an adolescent. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he pulled the little Matrix tube out and he was like, oh, <laughs> like, I like how you sent me the message before I had watched it. And you yeah. said something mentioned the bright burn. Dude, he totally had a bright burn moment. And I loved every second of it. I actually went back and watched Brightburn the other night. Yeah, I, don't so. want, I have to watch. One of the things I like about... Brightburn, 100% yeah. my favorite Superman movie. <laughs> One thing I like about how they framed the Morgan Edge character, not just in the sense of him being similar to Zod and wanting to mm-hmm. bring his people back, but also seeing why he, dis- he has such distaste for humanity because yeah. they had him captive for years yeah, and did whatever to him. And so that anger and frustration and rage you know colors how he looks at everyone and mm-hmm. you know humanity and it makes sense like you think about hey i came to this planet and, you know the first thing happens is i get attacked then i get experimented upon you know these people suck right so and, and that's the question i do have is what is the attitude of general kryptonians to humans because it they're in a in an I think for the most part, they didn't know about Earth. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's not it's not one of those things where they they were like, oh, there's this planet out there called Earth with the yellow sun. I mean, Jor-El, you know, from from you know previous canon, Jor-El found Earth and 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 found that what the yellow sun would do to to Clark or to Cal would make him uh, better, like make him more powerful and, and enhance his already you know, advanced Kryptonian genes. Mm-hmm. Now, not saying that Kryptonians don't have superpowers. They don't fly around, you know, for the most part. Sometimes they do. It just depends on who's writing them. But but Jor-El did the research to find the planet to send them to. Now it looks like Laura has done that. Whatever. That, that yeah, again, that's not, yeah. one of the parents did it. That's all that matters. Um, or both. Who, who cares? Um, so getting here, I don't, I don't know if... Zeta Rowe and Laura Van Rowe at that point knew what was going to happen to Tal. Um, I think, uh, you know, Jorel purposely put Clark in a place because he studied Earth. And, mm-hmm. you know, and even in Smallville, he came to visit Earth and, and visited uh, Jeremiah Kent, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's like, oh, okay, I found, I found a family I can trust, uh, which was interesting. Yeah, so the reason I asked that is because um, Eric Val, uh, you know, Sarah's father, yeah. played by Eric, Eric Valdez, Valdez. Yeah. Kyle who, Cushing, who's 
he's so good as he's come on so well yeah. since the first episode. But just like that type of that ability, not ability, but that you know, just that rage towards you mm-hmm. know everyone that he you know converses with. Right. It seems like it goes beyond. Okay, we need to get rid of Lois for X, Y, and Z. It seems like, right. and I, again, I don't know if that's just the char- the personality of that character, or if that was you know just something because we don't we really haven't gotten a lot of Kryptonians. We've gotten Leslie, but she's she hasn't really didn't demonstrated that same type of attitude right. necessarily. But that that yeah, that was just a question I wrote down because I it because the way he played it, Kyle. As you know, as Kryptonite Kyle, Krypton Kyle or whatever, <laughs> he he reminded me a lot of the Viltrumites and how they some of them look at humanity. You know, and I think maybe maybe you know you got to look at it as a case by case basis right. with any person that he felt that way. Maybe that particular Kryptonian was mm-hmm. like, "Here I am. I've been put into this body. I have these powers. I'm superior to you." You know, yeah. Kryptonian supremacy is a thing for sure. Um, you know, the, the, you know they look at it as like look at what this world what the what this particular universe galaxy does to us mm-hmm. we're the rightful we're the rightful next step in in the evolution of this planet regardless if we're from here almost or not. superior right well i mean but the you the question i have though is how much phys- physiologically do the people who underwent the you know the kryptonian insertion of um you know uh, the the mind whatever mind melding, how much of how much does the the human physiology of these people change? Mm-hmm. Because they all fell to Earth, mm-hmm. um, but kryptonite affects them. So, yeah. you know, I, I I think there's a, I, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like Susan Lolo has done a good job of kind of like showing us something and going back and telling us like, or giving us a, like a bit of an ex- explanation, because. The question you had, like, what happened to all these people when they fell from the sky? Yeah. Which, you know, we'll get to that in a second. And and so I told you I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but so, yeah, this was great. The The whole idea of bringing back not Martha, but Laura. <laughs> yeah. Because um, when, 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 so they put her in Lana's body, which I imagine had to be kind of weird for Clark. <laughs> Very weird. So, but, uh. I think Lana figured out Clark is Superman. I kind of was thinking that I, too. I think she figured it out, and I think it's going to come out at some point later in the season. And because uh, I can't imagine Emmanuel is going to be on the show for the long run. Like maybe I don't know. It just seems I I, I don't want to say she's too big for the show, but I feel like she's she's one of those kind of end like in-demand actresses maybe she's not i don't know maybe just i'm a fan so i'm projecting uh but how much of how much of laura is gonna stay in in her Mm -hmm. you know as well in the same with kyle whichever kryptonian was in him like that that's that's an interesting dynamic because kyle kyle was in a kryptonite cage when it happened yeah um you know he kept Morgan Edge kept Lar far away from the battle as a contingency, which I thought, you know, is great military thinking. So with that, keeping Leslie that far away, would it have mattered? And the reason I asked that is because one of the things even Laura says is that it depends on 
like when he asked if it could be reversible, mm-hmm. she said it depends on if it if there's a total melt and it could take hours, right? Week, or she said days, yeah, weeks, months, or something like that. So is she to that point where she is who she is? Like, and the Eradicator wouldn't have done anything. Maybe, but, yeah, maybe. But to your point, I think you still don't want to take that chance as right. Morgan Edge, especially. Yeah, she's your she's your lieutenant, like mm-hmm. you know. Who who plays her? I don't have that written down. She's a badass. That character is awesome. Um, I really I really enjoy anytime she shows up. And I, and I like how they haven't inundated with us with her. They've given us just like little pieces here well, and there. My favorite thing that they do with her is the super hearing where she eavesdrops on everybody. Mm-hmm. Just that's, I think yeah. that's great. Like she she must have been a spy on Krypton. Um, <laughs> so uh, anyway. The the whole thing this week with the twins and Sarah, I felt like was throwaway, except for John standing up to Sam Lane. Mm-hmm. Like, other than that, I kind of felt like it was too much. I, I think Jordan is going to end up telling Sarah he has powers. I I put that like how long before she 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 finds that out. And I I don't think they haven't shown us anything about Sarah that makes me think that she is mature enough to handle that in any measure of, of interesting storytelling other than a CW style, like, Oh, they're going to kick off the love triangle with her and John. And yeah. You know, Jordan. yeah. And I, I do wonder how this will. Well, yeah, because I agree with that. You know, the kid, I, I just put like in the kids, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, it wasn't really – it was interesting that it was Jonathan that told her about her father. I right. do find that particularly interesting. But I really love the scene where you know, she talks to Kyle, mm-hmm. and then they would leave. And Kyle's like, hey. And he's talking to Jonathan. He's like, when I get out of here, I'm going to kill you first. Right. And just that – the face – Jonathan's face is just like, oh, shit <laughs> so so that was one of the things i liked about that to your point i think it was you know i i usually like a like the stuff that happens with the brothers yeah and this is probably out of all 10 episodes the weakest entry I, I, or I, one of the weakest i think it was just because i think it was just weak because they really didn't have anything for them yeah and and they shoehorn them in the episode and, and that happens sometimes where you can tell and it would have been it would have been like i think there's things they could have used the screen time with them for mm-hmm when there would have been like you two stay here like we don't know what's going to happen mm-hmm. you know protect each other yeah uh but yeah i do, do i need to turn this off <laughs> that 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 just really got me that um <laughs> i don't even know who that was Dark but, okay but yeah i i think that was kind of like this where the episode slowed down a bit yeah and you know, I, I you know, here's the thing though, is they could have used it to slow the episode down and, and get it to the point where like the story can go, but they didn't. They tried to do a whole B plot there that just yeah, this week the B plot did. I was work. about to say this was an, an example of an episode that didn't need a B plot. Now, again, saying that, I love this episode. I oh, absolutely. I, I love the Kryptonian lore. I love the little flashpoint Superman like kind of call out to uh to Morgan Edge. I liked I liked the moment that Cal had with Laura and how he called her mother. I thought that was really interesting. To differentiate like, between her yeah. um, and Martha. But then when he said, Yeah, I did have another I had a mother here, her name was Martha, and I like he said it and I totally went, Martha. Um, 
<laughs> I, I think a lot of us did. Why did you say that name? Because <laughs> that's the first um, thing that popped up. In absolutely. Head. Like, F you, Zack Snyder. Um, <laughs> Goddamn Zack Snyder. More like Zack Snyder, if you know what I mean, people. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it, it is... Um, they, they've, they've, they've handled Superman so well. And, and seeing Superman get to talk to, you know, the Hearthstone of Jor and the mind meld of Laura, I think in the same episode was really cool. And, you know, I think if you had more time, it might have been interesting to, ha- to bring her to Jor-El and have Jor-El and Laura Vanel solve the problem together mm-hmm. because they solved the problem of how to save their son together. And it, to me, that would have been really, really interesting. And to see just kind of that moment of the two of them interacting across time in different levels of corporeal form. Yeah. And, and again, to your point, what you, what you said earlier about how much of what, how much of the Kryptonian personality is going to stick. Yeah. I kind of hope some of Laura sticks because I, in her. I I think that just is going to add to you know the second half of this season, only six episodes, or the left. second season, or the or or the second season, and and not just personality. Will they retain some portion of their abilities, yeah, powers? Whatever. Like, is it is it something that you know over time, over the next few weeks, it you know they kind of bleeds out? And... Are we going to name Smallville New Candor or something like that? <laughs> Did you were you surprised at how many had been changed? Yes. I thought that was really cool. I and thought I, it was gonna be like five or six. I loved how they were triggered and like just took off. Like they stopped what they were doing and then they were off to go ruin Superman's yeah. day. I was extremely surprised there were that many. So it was cool though. Yeah. And the scene and now the CG wasn't great here, but like so okay, hold on, let me get let me let me back up. So Clark takes the Eradicator, and he he figures out that it needs a tremendous amount of power, as much power as the sun. Um, And obviously, there's nothing like that on Earth, except for him. And so he's like, I'll just dump everything I have into it. And he does that and more, the way he uses it, which I thought was really cool. But so as he's flying away, pulling the Kryptonians in, or the, well, the the Smallvonians, (laughs) Smalltonians in, um... (laughs) To, 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 you know, kind of let off this trap. Um, I love the, the, just how he's on the, like, if you're looking at your TV, he's on, on the left side of your screen and they're filling up most of the right side and you see their heads and then their eyes all turn on at the same time with yeah. the red. I thought that was really cool. It wasn't the best CG. No. But it was still a really cool visual. And my absolute favorite part of this is it showed how, calculating morgan edge talro is he realized what was happening and backed off yeah like and and so i'm wondering is is morgan edge was morgan edge a person and then talro didn't actually escape and his consciousness was maybe put into morgan edge hmm I didn't think about that. So that's that's kind of where it's like he 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 knows what's about to happen and he doesn't trust the bond maybe. Mm-hmm. And that, and that, again that goes to the point. I I I will say I do think it is him. I think it is Tauro, but that that still adds to the fact of why he kept Leslie away. Right. Because even if it even though Laura said 
there is a time where you know that bond is permanent who knows right so you know just a thought i mean it's just a thought i had yeah, as, as that's I was actually very it. interesting but i i thought i just thought it was such a cool scene and uh and then you know the 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 wave goes out it turns everybody off and all these people are a mile up in the sky yeah like I, like I said to you, like maybe Clark like used like what was la- left of his power to save them, which is why he couldn't make it into the fortress, and he passed out in the the worst looking snow I've ever seen yeah. on TV. Um, it was like gravel. Like I was like, <laughs> did a nuclear winter happen? And like, because that looks like ash. Yeah, uh, ash a s h, not ass a s s. Um, <laughs> but uh, I thought that was cool. I thought the special effect was awesome. I love when he's like, you know. The way he he was able to avoid the 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 heat vision, mm-hmm. it was beautiful. Like just it, it, that was so beautifully done in flight. Um, the only other time I've really really thought they nailed Superman's flight was in two times in Superman Returns, when he's coming down to stop the seven forty seven to crash in, into the baseball stadium, mm-hmm. and that bit of the wing breaks off, and he does that like roll. But like he still has to come back, like he kind of has to open up to to slow down, and then dives right back into it, is one. And then the other part was when he was flying through Metropolis to get to the new island, Kryptonite Island that uh, Lex Luthor had just been, and things are falling apart and like things are falling down, and he's flying in this bit of glass, like massive, like the, all the windows in this building break and the glass is coming down, and he rolls over and he just melts everything with his heat vision doesn't stop at all and then just turns back over and keeps going once he saved everybody those up until this point those were like my two favorite like flying moments for superman and i love this i love the way he like just flew it was Mm -hmm. beautiful and i i thought that was really cool and then how he he turns the eradicator and uses their power as well to amplify it even more just super smart yeah it's again I, i just love this show and this episode, I don't know if it was my favorite because it just seems like every it, it it does like every week. It seems like it builds on top of what we've been given. So it's great storytelling. Yes, it, it, and it, that's how storytelling. Should I'm shocked be. Yeah. that this show is on the CW. One hundred percent, because again, we know what CW shows do. Even the ones I've we've liked. Yeah. So, and again, we've you know going through this, we've had issues with this episode but they're like smaller issues again and some nitpicks here and there sure i mean there's nitpicks in this episode yeah oh absolutely but so but looking at looking at what this show has done and like taking a look at what loki does for example right the show ended we're is it wednesday yet Mm -hmm. because you know we can't watch on tuesday because we watch on the app but is it wednesday yet i don't have that same feeling is it wednesday yet for loki no i actually have the all right, just show me what just just get it over with. Like with Loki, it, it's kind of like it's six episodes, just drop it all. Just mm-hmm. drop the rest of it. Um but I mean they're not going to, which is fine, but they need to re they need to get TV people involved with Loki and not movie people. Mm-hmm. Because or with I'm sorry, with with just the Disney Plus stuff in general because WandaVision wasn't like that for the first 3 episodes. Episode 4 hits. And then it was an MCU movie. Uh, Virtue Signal and the the Neutered Soldier was just a long movie, mm-hmm. plain and simple. There was no big cliffhanger for anything, and Loki doesn't have any cliffhangers. He walks through a door, like 
Okay. Like show me show me something that's happening in the multiverse, not just a line going all squiggly. Yeah. Take take stock in what they did. One of the what a show that had some of the best cliffhangers from week to week basis was the expanse. I mean Lost. Just tremendous. Yeah. yeah. And this show is you can tell it's you know well with just the budget but also hold on let's go back a little further buffy yeah buffy had great cliffhangers but they didn't have a cliffhanger every week that was the beauty and you don't need because buffy started off as a procedural plain and simple it was kill the monster of the week and then season two it turned into that larger story with um you know angelus and and all of that and, and but you were like so tied into it, but you would go like two or three weeks without seeing David Boreanaz in that mm-hmm. season. Yeah, you went multiple weeks without seeing Spike and Drusilla, and then even if you did, they they kind of like doled them out in in measure until it was time for that to be the story. Superman has done that. Mm-hmm. Loki does not. Falcon and Winter Soldier did not. Wandavision. Did, did sometimes until it got to the point yeah. where they decided they didn't want to do that anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. So out of uh, out of five moms in your girlfriend's body, what do you give this? <laughs> I can't, okay, that's a good one. I give it a four point five. I really love the backstory we get from Morgan and mm-hmm. Tauro. Yep. It it really gives us puts us in perspective of what he wants he's not and it's not just some two-bit villain he has a purpose and again agree or not when you have a villain that has a purpose it makes them all the more interesting a purpose they believe in not just i want all the money and not just i want all the power right but i'm doing this for a true purpose so again and i have a lot of questions as far as not not like what the people that were, um, you know, I, w- I was about to say possessed, where, where are they at in, in, in this? You know, are right. they, and what happens to Clark? Because, again, he's powered down. He's in the middle of nowhere, uh, you know. I mean, he's trying to drag himself into the fortress. And didn't make it. And didn't make it. Like, so, it's so interesting. And so this, this uh, the on, on Wikipedia, the, the summary says, elsewhere, uh, so hold on. Uh, Superman lands close to the fortress before passing out, now drained of his powers. Elsewhere, Edge and Lar are in a canyon preparing their next move. They're at the base of the... See, you said that to me, too, and there's no snow, though. There is. It's up on top. And, but like, if that's in... Now, so I, where, you know, I mean, they're, in, they're shooting in Vancouver. So, okay, like, so my know. question was, are we saying... like, Because he's always had it in the Arctic. If that's the Arctic, I mean, it's still so I get it. And again, it, I, but like I, I feel like it just seems like they knew what he was gonna do. Yeah, and and because Lara's been listening to him the whole time, mm-hmm. like, and that's true. It. So, and that's the question I had because I couldn't tell because it was pretty dark, mm-hmm. and I, I I never went back to see it. And maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, like, but but because I asked you, I was like. He was very confident, despite losing all his people, and that was that's one thing. Like, why is Tauro so confident? It could be because he's they're gonna they're at the base because of the they're gonna of like okay, we'll, gonna ta- like, all right, we'll take, take this, this. <laughs> or it's something else, or both. You know, who knows? Yeah. But so that was one of the big questions I, mean, I had. How great would it be if they're there next week? Picks up, he takes the the Eradicator back, and then goes and takes Jor-El's Heartstone. Mm-hmm. Like now he's got both. And the Eradicator, and he can, you know, 
it opens it up for for the last four episodes, four or five episodes of the season, just to be balls to the wall awesome. Yeah. So. Oh. So would you give it? Uh I'm f- uh, four four and a half. Okay. Four and a half out of ten. Uh I, I would have gone. I would have given it an extra, you know, point two five if they would have done less with the the twins and Sarah this week. Yeah. And I'm not bashing twin the twins and Sarah because the twins have been one of my favorite things about oh, the show. Oh, absolutely. And I yeah. think Sarah has been a very interesting character. Like there's nothing there's nothing wrong with any of that. It's just this week could have used my favorite word, a little restraint with with the B the B story and just mm-hmm. really focused in because as much as last week felt like a mid-season finale, this week felt like a mid-season premiere. Mm-hmm. And you know, you just kind of get it out there, and you set up the rest of the story. And and you know, I, I don't, uh, I don't know. There wasn't, there were no clues or hints given if if Kyle retained any of the Kryptonian um, bad guyness. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I kind of hope he does because he's just, I think he's fantastic in that in yeah. that role. Oh yeah. All right. Uh, so that's the episode this week. Thank you guys for listening. Any last words? Nope. I'm just is it Wednesday yet? Is it Wednesday? Yet? <laughs> I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. See ya. PFS podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at infamouspodcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamouspodcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So... Whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.